Good morning. Peace be with you. I don't have any announcements today, so I guess we must not have any. So, uh, <laughs> what's that? Cancel meeting on Saturday. Um, oh, thank you. Thanks, Ed. Well, there are. Uh, I was going to let you guys read them, but here it is. Um, th the council meeting next Saturday is at 9.30 a.m., and uh, please come. Uh, and uh, we also have the men's uh, Bible study prior to that at 8 o'clock. How's my sound? Is oh, the life scan? August 4th, the life scan, August 4th. Okay, all right, we need to get that back on our calendar, so that'll be a good thing. Um, anything else I heard? No? We got portal of prayer uh, in there. They're out on the counter there, so please bring that. That is a wonderful daily devotion. Um, we use that in our men's group on Saturday. We go back from the previous Monday all the way up to the Sunday. It brings us along where the lectionary uh, falls and, and really kind of a precursor to uh, the uh, sermon that, uh, you know, uh, that we have on Sunday. So it's a, it's a great tool to use. And um, Naughty Knitters, if you're of the Naughty Knitting Group, oh, it says Naughty, they usually meet on the second and fourth Thursday of each month, but will be taking time off during the summer. Okay. What are you all going to do? Come to my house and swim? Okay. Pool's open. All right. <laughs> um, grief and loss, we are still and will continue to meet on Tuesdays. Uh, at 10, 10 a.m. over in the fellowship hall. So please come um, and uh, support and to be supported and to hear the word and to have some great conversation. And uh, it is a comfort and we invite you uh, to come and be a part of that. So that is about it, unless I've left something out. And therefore, um, Ed, can you... Anything I didn't done? Okay. So let us uh, stand and worship. Our opening hymn is The Church's One Foundation on page 369.
forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. 
Oh God, your almighty power is made known chiefly in showing mercy. Grant us the fullness of your grace that we may be called to repentance and made partakers of your heavenly treasures through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Ezekiel chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1287. Ezekiel 2, 1 through 5. He said to me, Son of man, stand upon your feet, and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are an obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. We will read Psalm 123 responsively. Please see page six of the bulletin. Psalm 123. I lift up my eyes to you to you who sit enthroned in heaven. As the slaves of the slaves look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a female slave look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he shows us his mercy. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy on us, for we have endured no end of contempt we have endured no end of ridicule from the arrogant, of contempt from the proud. The third reading, the epistle, is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1806. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 10. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain 
so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 13, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1560. Glory to you, Lord. St. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles that he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at the lack of their faith. Jesus sends out the twelve. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, and no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust of your feet as a testimony against them. And they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil, and they healed them. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I guess I, I'd like to open this with something I read of from another pastor, and, and he stated this, the most difficult lie, the most difficult lie that I have to contend with in this life is that this life is a story about me. The most difficult lie that I have to contend with in this life is that this life is a story about me. I saw some faces going. I take it to mean that I think too highly about me, myself, and I. I go places based on what I want. I have experiences based on what I like. And if I don't like that experience, I am not happy. Now, let's just say um, if I go to church, I might not like some of the things about the church. I might not like the pastor. I might not like the building. I might not like the music. Not in this church. I may not like that they have communion every week. I, I, I. It's almost as if I am coming here to do something for God. I am coming to worship him. I am coming to connect with him. I, baloney. It's not about me. One part was about me and one part was about you. And John 3.16 was God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Right? That whosoever should believe, whosoever should not perish, right? But have everlasting life. That part's about you. The rest of it is about him. What he did for you. What he does for you. This gospel message is for you. This meal is for you. That baptism is for you. You receive. You are here today to receive from him, from his word, from his sacrament, from his Holy Spirit. The most difficult lie I have contended with in this life is that this life is a story about me, and it is not. And it's not about you either. So today, when we have Jesus coming into his hometown of Nazareth, and the people see this guy come in, and 
a prophet without honor. Generally, prophets were honored, and they had people following. They did incredible things. They were the spokesman for God, but Jesus was performing all kinds of miracles. Certainly, his hometown had heard about it. He was there for 30 years in Nazareth as a carpenter, and then he left his trade. You just didn't do that back then. You know, the, 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 object, the, the, the idea of I need to go find myself just wasn't there. And we see evidence that his family didn't understand that either because a little earlier in Mark, they write about Jesus and they, they're, they're coming to get him and say, he's lost it. He left his business, you know, his trade. He's like got people mad at him. They want to, we got to go and get him. And the, the, the house was crowded and, and they knocked, and, they, and somebody says, hey, your brothers and your mother and your sisters are there. And he says, who are my, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who are my sisters? Those who believe. Even his family thought he was making a mistake. They heard of his miracles, as I said. They were astonished by his teaching. Did you get that? Astonished by his teaching. They're like, isn't this the guy that makes footstools and tables? I mean, I got one in my living room. Isn't this the guy that, you know, Mary and <laughs> Joseph, yeah, we know how that went, right? I mean, they're just, there is no honor in there. Isn't this the guy? They were amazed. Turns it around, at the end, Jesus was amazed, which was used as the same Greek word, this amazement of their unbelief. They're amazed at how wise he is, at how well he speaks. He's amazed at how little they believe, how faithless they are. And there's some good reason for it. They, 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 they saw this guy that they had grown up, little Jesus, got to be, you know, young man Jesus, and then he split. And they're wondering, this is a trap. They were worried that there was something up. There was, there was this guard that they had. It's, this is too good to be true. I, I, you know, and so they pushed him away. It says also that Jesus could not do any miracles. Nobody believes that he couldn't do any miracles, right? You don't believe that, right? I mean, he could have done anything. He did not because in or, if he had done those, it would have been prove it to these people. He, that's not how he worked. He worked with the faith of those people that came to him with a need, and their faith was strong, and then the miracle occurred. Their hands were open. Case in point, last week, the lady who had had the uterine hemorrhaging for 12 years, no business did she have being in a crowd of people like that. She was unclean. No business did she have touching anyone let alone a rabbi, but her faith led her to just touch that garment and she was healed. Jesus, that wasn't a surprise to him that she did it. He foresaw it. He foresaw it. He knew that was coming. And just like in Nazareth, he could have done all kinds of stuff, but that was also like what Herod later on, Jesus was, was, was rejected in his hometown. Then you have Herod wants to see him do something. All right, do a trick, you know, make something appear, disappear, and he didn't do it. He didn't even talk to him. Was it because Jesus' powers were limited? He didn't have it on that day? No, it was not a, uh, for his purpose. 
That's not how he works. That's not how he brings in miracles to the faithful, to those without faith. He just doesn't do it that way. We see this kind of faith sometimes, well, not sometimes. We see this today. We see that God has blessed and God has provided such goodness, and yet many, many people remain ungrateful. Many people remain unbelieving. They believe that the story of this life, this life is a story about them. But the Christian does not. The Christian needs and has eyes to recognize and ears to hear the gospel, God's word. The Christian has a heart to believe in its promises by his grace. Now Jesus was rejected, but it didn't end his ministry. No, he went and continued to teach from village to village, calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. He said, take nothing. The bare bones his grace was sufficient. God's with them was sufficient. And then we hear that also from somebody that did go out and spread the word and message against, or message for repentance. And that is Paul. And Paul comes with this story in 2 Corinthians, and he is telling it in the third person. I know a man. Did you catch that? I know a man. He says that uh, I must go on boasting although there is nothing to be gained. He said that that he didn't know on his vision whether it was a bodily He was taken up bodily to the third heaven or if it was a soul kind of thing. He says, I don't know. God does. Now, he says, even if I go on boasting on this, I would not be a fool. In other words, what I tell you is the truth. Now, why is he saying this to these people? At the time, the the Corinthians were being led astray by super apostles. These were really slick guys. And they were polished. And they gave just such a beautifully well-timed sermon and everything blended together perfectly that there was seamless. It was like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful production. Their music was just perfect. Everyone got into a flow. It was just nice. In fact, we have people like that today. Some people on TV. Isn't this nice? You know, it's, it's the story of life is my story. And let me just parade to you right here. This is what Jesus has done in my life, right? That's attractive to people sometimes, right? They want to see, whoa, if he got that, then I can get that. But that's not the message that Paul was delivering, and that's not the message of Christ. The message is, number one, that we start each and every week is that you 
need Jesus. I need Jesus. Why? Because it isn't about us. Because we've all fallen short. And because without Jesus, there is no promise. This is it. Paul goes on to say that I asked God to take away a thorn. Have you heard that? Three times he asked God to take away the thorn. And some of you have heard what that thorn was. And, and, and so Paul transitions from I know a man, and then he kind of around uh, verse 7 says, ta-da, that was me. But then he says, but I'm not going to boast on that so that you don't think more of me and what I say and what I did than you should. I need to point back to Christ. And so let me tell you this. I have been afflicted with a thorn. Now, the people listening to him at that time and the people that were reading it would have known what the thorn is. We have like three different theories on it. One is malaria. It was constant, and, you know, it was uh, devastating to him. One is that his eyes had some problems, you know. Um, he did have, you know, uh, when he had that encounter with, uh, who are you, Lord? You're like, duh, I know who you are, and he couldn't see. And then, like, scales fell off his eyes. Some people said that maybe, um, or conjectured that maybe that's what it. And then some people said he might have had a speech impediment. And I have taken liberty on this one in the past, and I pray that God can forgive me for that. I'm sure he does. But in my men's group years ago, we said, well, what if he had a voice like Elmer Fudd? Whoa, woman's, whoa, or, or a Mickey Mouse kind of thing. Anyway, whatever it was, he was not impressive as an orator, not like the super high, the super apostles. So he boasted in his weakness. And he said, I am made strong in Christ in, through my weaknesses. Three times he asked God to take that away. Three times God said, no. My grace is sufficient. And yet, the people at the time, the Corinthians, the fickle people were going, yeah, I just like the way that the super apostles preach. They, I connect with them. Paul, da, 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 or his weeping eyes, or his malaria, you know, his colors off. I mean, he's whatever. That's what they were looking at. The world states and believes that strength comes from our status, our wealth, our health, our beauty, our youth, our power. And Paul is saying, no, that's that's about you, and those are all gifts from God anyways. Paul points that when I am weak, my strength is, his strength is apparent. When I am empty, his strength is sufficient for me. Now, what does that look like today? I'm going to use a personal thing. Um, not to parade it out and, or anything like that, but you guys know that we had Graham, you know, years ago. And Graham um, was a miracle. And Graham is responsible for this family coming to the church and um, being, becoming baptized believers, my wife and my three sons. And while we were there and we were not rejoicing, I was not like Paul saying, gee, thanks, you know. 
I know that you mean this for good, but guess what? He did. One of the things that we learned from that experience with Graham was a G-tube. Have you ever seen one of those or had one of those or anyone know anyone with it? It's a tube that is, well, there's a hole made in your abdomen, and it goes all the way into the stomach. And then for Graham, they had this tube, and it had a little bubble on there that kept him from being able to pull it out, and it had a little button on it, and you could plug in um, a tube and a fitting so that you could run meds and or um, food, but it was, you know, it was liquid, like Ensure, you know, or something like that. And th- those things, you know, th- they're dirty, and, and sometimes they come unplugged, and they leak, and, 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 you know, this is not enjoyable, but, you know, at the time, we, were, we, we learned that God, you know, his grace was sufficient, and we, we learned how to do it, and we haven't done it for over nine years until last week. Tracy's mama now has a G-tube. Nobody in that family knew how to do it except for Tracy and for me. And so while we were probably not bearing the load real great, you know, we're like, why me? <laughs> you know, now from hindsight, now seeing backwards, I can see, Tracy can see, her family can see, wow, you guys were equipped for a moment such as now. And I'm telling you that right now and through your past, everything that you've done from way back when to now has prepared you for what may come today or tomorrow. None of it is wasted. Not any of it. And so what Paul is reminding us and what Jesus is reminding us, Jesus himself had no honor in there, you know, in his own hometown. It's not about your honor. It's not about what you bring to God. It's what he has brought to you. And even in the lousy moments like G-tubes or lousy moments like saying goodbye to a loved one. We remember our baptism. We remember that we walk wet. We remember that it is all going to be okay, even if it doesn't feel like it. Even if people say, sorry, you just don't look right. Sorry, your music isn't right. Sorry, you're not right. Sorry, you know, you don't make the grade. The, The liar comes and says you're not enough, and Jesus says you're perfect as you are. We are made strong by his grace. Our weaknesses that we call weaknesses and what the world says weaknesses are not. They're gifts. And may we have eyes to see that. That everything that has ever happened to us can be used for good for those who love him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what he did for you, for me. In the name of Jesus, amen.
let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, which is found on page 3. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Brothers and sisters, as God's people call to love one another, let us pray for the needs of the church, the needs of the human family, and for all of the world. Let us pray together. Gracious Father, we pray for your church. Fill it with all truth and peace. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is in error, direct it where in anything it is amiss reform it where it is right strengthen it where it is in need provide for it where it is divided reunite it for the sake of jesus christ your son our savior lord in your mercy oh god you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us and unite us in bonds of love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty, and most merciful God, we call to mind before you all those it would be easy to forget, the homeless, the destitute, the sick, the dying, the elderly, the lonely, and all who have no one to care for them. Grant us healing words for those who are broken in body or spirit and turn their sorrow into joy. Grant this, Father, for the love of your Son, who for our sake became poor. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, for our sake you were condemned as a criminal. Visit our jails and prisons with your pity and judgment. Remember all prisoners and bring the guilty to repentance according to your will and give them hope for their future. Remember those who work in these institutions. Keep them humane and compassionate. We also pray for this 
the families of the prisoners, asking you to sustain them with your love. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, bless our land with honest industry and honorable values. Defend our liberties. Give those whom we have entrusted with the authority of government the spirit of wisdom that there might be justice and peace in our land. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, strengthen our faith and grant us courage to face our trials and temptations. You alone are the author and finisher of our faith. Help us firmly trust in your word by reading, meditating, and sharing it with others because your word cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Though our sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. When trials, sorrows, and afflictions want to rob us of this trust, O Lord, help us to remain steadfast and true. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we ask you now to hear our prayers for our family, friends, or neighbors that we pray aloud or silently in our hearts. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Is it hot in here? <laughs> May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven. We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, 
Holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you. And for all people, for the forgiveness of sins, do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is a gift from Jesus to you. This gift is grace. This gift is salvation. This gift is therefore no condemnation through what Christ did for you. The table is prepared for all who believe, all who confess him as their savior with their lips. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you up. I came to you with my heart in pieces and found what God with healing in his hand I turn to you put everything behind me and found the God who makes all things new I look to you drowning in my questions and found the God who holds all wisdom I trusted you and stepped out on the ocean. You caught my hand among the waves, cause you're the God of all my days. Each step I take, you know. 
ran from you and wandered in the shadows and found a God who relentlessly pursues. I hid from you, haunted by my failure, and found a God whose grace still covers me. I fell on you. came to you with my heart in pieces and found a God with healing in his hand. I turned to you, put everything behind me and found a God who makes all things new. I looked to you Drowning in my questions 
and found the God who holds all wisdom. And I trusted you and stepped out on the ocean. You caught my hand among the waves, cause you're the God of all my days. from you and wandered in the shadows and found a God who relentlessly pursues. I hid from you, haunted by my failure, and found a God whose grace still covers me. I fell on you.
to you with my heart in pieces and found God with healing in his hand. I turn to you, put everything behind me and found the God who makes all things new. I look to you drowning in my questions and found the God who holds all wisdom and I trusted you and stepped out on the ocean you caught my hand among the waves cause you're the God of all my from you and wandered in the shadows and found a God who relentlessly pursues. I hid from you, haunted by my fears. Will you please stand? Well, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, even in these times of troubles, these challenges that we have. It's not foreign when we know from where our blessings come to give thanks in these trials like Paul did. It's not easy, but the concept is there, and we're here together as a group to encourage each other through those, those, those seasons that don't stay and last forever, but that do grow us so that we can be used comfort others, to encourage others, to love others, and to point them to Jesus, but not much, right? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing song is Christ Be Our Light.